I'm Sherm Chester, welcoming you to the inaugural edition of the Seacoast Forum. In full disclosure, there's a sister podcast and a televised cable access show to this program we're doing. It's called the Seacoast Sports Forum, where we concentrate on the various sporting teams and their players here in Seacoast, New Hampshire. But we also discuss the state teams and also the New England sports teams as well. But on this podcast, uh, we want to focus on on topics of general interest and some of the people who make the Seacoast area of New Hampshire a special place to live. My first guest, he's a raconteur, one of the founding fathers of the Seacoast Sports Forum and uh, known as the coach. His name is Bill Taylor. Now, Bill Taylor is a, a retired educator and a successful sports coach. And today I want you to open up about another one of, of your skill sets, Bill, as a broadcaster and an aficionado audiophile and, and an expert at all music that's found its way onto vinyl over the past several decades. Bill Taylor, welcome to the Seacoast Forum. Thank you, Sean. It's always a pleasure to, uh, to be on any broadcast with you. We've done many over the years. Yes, we have. We're, we go back a ways, and, and we have, I think, some common commonality, I guess is the term to use, uh, when it comes to interest and, and sports, and, and also this, this one we want to discuss today on what, what is our debut show for the Seacoast Forum. Uh, recently, there was an article that came out that said, for the first time in 35 years, vinyl records have outsold compact discs. Uh, now, that didn't surprise me because I can see there's an interest, whether it's collectors or shops that sell vinyl. Uh, even Walmart and places like that now have a vinyl section. First off, I want to get your take on that. Well, what do you think started that trend? Uh, and and then we'll go on from there. Well, as a person who has only bought one CD in his life, <laughs> which I sold, uh, yeah, the dip. What happened was CDs became very popular because they were required less storage space. You could play them in the car. A lot of times people want to hear what they want to hear, so they limit their musical range of listening and uh, don't want to turn on the radio, which is too bad because we, you and I, have very taste in radio mm -hmm. and, uh, and very taste in music. So I think that was the reason. And then people started, I know for me, I would listen to something on CD and then I'd listen to something on vinyl. And the vinyl has the deep end, the bass end. The mm -hmm. music isn't as compressed right. as it is on CD. It sounds fuller and more natural. Now, again... Vinyl's not indestructible, so it means that you had to take care of your vinyl. Right. And a lot of people in the, you know, when CDs first came out, people said, oh, well, that's, I'm going to go to CDs and I'm going to sell out, get rid of all my vinyl and just junk it. As they have aged and they realized the folly of their ways, they have started rebuying the, the records that they loved. On, back on the vinyl format. The other thing, too, 
it's kind of hard, especially as as we get older, to read the back of the CDs. <laughs> That's the liner point. note. That's good side. Yeah. And, you know, a vinyl album, you pick up, you hold it in your hand, you can read the back of the album right. with no problem. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, so now you have something that you can hold and display if you wanted to to do that as opposed to a CD, which you basically just carry in a case. And, and, and a good point, because it's almost like the difference between a paperback book and a hardcover book that has the jacket and, and, and uh, you know, just something more substantial that you carry, carry around or have on a bookshelf. I guess, again, the convenience thing, the paperback, you're throwing it into a bag if you're going on a trip or in the car or whatever, whereas a hardcover book, I think most of us like to treat those a little especially since if they're as expensive as they are now, you treat them with a little more respect. The days of the uh, $5.99 to $9.99 LP are kind of uh, by the wayside, unless you're buying used. And we'll talk more about used yeah. uh, a little later, I think. But yeah, uh, sure. yeah, so the cost of vinyl and to buy brand new vinyl has gone up paying anywhere from 19 to 20 bucks on up depending on what you're buying the um, vinyl industry obviously uh, they they don't mass produce like they used to i think it's more quality over quantity now wouldn't you agree i agree that's i was i figured we kind of get into that uh i try to buy a lot of my things on 180 gram which is very heavy vinyl uh it's cleaner. Uh, they don't produce as many. That's the thing. You know, when you buy, okay, you go into Walmart, per se, not to knock Walmart, but any large retail store, you don't know how many copies of that particular disc have been made. Right. So you don't know if you're getting pressing number 15 or pressing number 2025. Right. And it makes you a know, difference. It does it make a difference. It makes a difference. Yeah. We have had uh, conversations over the years, you and I, because we're, we're, have been in the broadcasting business a long time. But I guess the, for folks that are, are starting out, young, young people listening to this, people can't relate to because everything is digitized now. Everything is on your phone. Even though vinyl is outselling compact discs, everybody is still getting their music via the internet or via their phone service, whatever. Um, right. Let's go. Let's go to the great debate. When it comes to music for audiophiles, uh, and I'm, this is specifically for you, what's your favorite decade for music? And I want a professional opinion about the different decades of music from you. So let's start off with your favorite decade. I my favorite decade of music is the '60s. I I think that's when I really started uh, collecting and that's when I started going to concerts to live music and I would say that's my favorite I think the most overlooked is the 50s I think there's some great music out there from the 50s especially early rockabilly uh, even pop country uh so the 60s is my favorite and now while we while we're in the 60s and the 50s 
uh, let people know what you do on weekends because you have a great, great program that I want people to know about if they're into any of them, as we lovingly call them, oldies but goodies. Uh, tell them about your show on the weekends. Someone told me that if you say you have an oldies show, that's a bad connotation. So we try to also say it's a memory. Yeah, I like that. Show. I like that. Because it brings back great memories yeah. and fun times. And I can't tell you how many people tell, tell me that they listen to our radio show and they'll sit there on a Saturday morning and drink their coffee and maybe have a donut or two and just listen to the music and talk about, oh, I remember that. We uh, do a radio show. We've been doing it since 2008. Now, this is the second station I've been on, and it became the Tales and Company show. And we are on Cool 94.1 FM in Salisbury, Mass. Now, it is a low-power station, so that means for a lot of people, they have to listen through a streaming device. We are, we are listened to throughout the United States and the world. I know uh, one of my co-hosts went to Mexico for a month to escape the cold, and he listened to the show every Saturday on the beach in Mexico. And it's really not that difficult to do. So the TuneIn radio app is very handy for that, or there are a million radio apps that are music apps. But you want to listen to Cool 94.1 FM. It's the Tales and Company show. We are on Saturday mornings starting at 8, and we now go till 2.30. Wow. <laughs> and what makes us unique is we play requests. And we usually play songs to a theme. And these all come from our listeners. Listeners generate the themes. This week, our theme is songs with a one-word title. Whoa. Whoa. That's good. And so what we do is people will email or phone in their requests. Some I even get ahead of time before I leave on because uh, I will post on Facebook what the theme is. We have about five or six people that will always send in their requests early to make sure they get on. Uh, we're very popular. We just heard from a gentleman in Rhode Island who, because of his job, had to go to the West Coast in California for a few weeks and he said it drove him crazy because he likes to listen to the radio and there's no show like ours to be found anywhere on the west coast so we will go back in time we've even uh, last week we even played Bing Crosby's Easter Parade there you go <laughs> and we, played, we played that and the B-52s in the same set. <laughs> so you never know what you're going to hear. Eclectic. And that's one of our slogans, and I really like that. Yeah, because I grew up on radio in the 60s, 
where, and I'm from uh, Massachusetts on the Rhode Island border, and we would listen to a Providence station, and one minute you could hear Perry Como, the next minute you'd hear Elvis, the next minute you'd hear Johnny Cash, and then the next minute you'd hear Take Five by Dave Brubeck. So that's how I grew up. I and that's the type of radio I like. And you know from working with me, that's the kind of music we play. And it doesn't just have to be hits. It can be B-sides or album cuts. Yeah, yeah. We like that. And uh, we dig deep to find every song that's requested. There have been a few that we haven't been able to find, but I think I can still count that on one hand of songs we couldn't find. Well, yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of stuff that uh, we, you know, we've talked about this before. Thanks to the Internet, uh, people find either an old record or an old videotape in their basement and they'll put it up on YouTube. So, uh, you know, some obscure song or, again, video, uh, movie or TV show. There's a lot of good stuff out there, whether it's music or, or, or videos that, you know, you, you hit it on the head. It's eclectic. Now, I, I know I profess to be a country fan, but I, I my dad uh, loved country music and he loved big band music. So I was exposed to those two genres from him. And uh, my sister grew up in that uh, Elvis Presley era. So she had all that music and I was indoctrinated into that genre. So when I eventually got into the radio business, the broadcasting business, I was ready for anything. Matter of fact, I was hired by one radio station up in Maine. They said, oh, we're going to be adult contemporary, which is basically Neil Diamond, Barry Manilow, that type of stuff. Right. And we got up there and all of a sudden the boss says, uh, we decided to go big band. And I went, what? <laughs> but you know something? I liked big band music. Uh, the, the Bing Crosby's, the Perry Como's, uh, Nat King Cole, those, uh, Frank Sinatra. So it was an easy transition for me. Again, I think whatever it is that floats your boat yeah, for music genres, and then that let's 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 ask you about when it comes to different genres. Let's let's hit rock and roll. Uh, is there a group or a record or that just you know sticks out to you? Like, hey, that's that's a must-have. I have a a weakness for instrumentals, and I know back in the day. Uh, or DJs, instrumentals were basically just fillers to get you to the half-hour break. Right, exactly. And I oh, I like my instrumentals. I agree with you. So for a tune, there's a song that we have a listener who found out that I really like this tune and pretty much calls in with wanting to hear it almost every week. And it's Sleepwalk by Santo and John. Yeah, great tune. Great tune. And, and we play that a lot. You know, people don't realize a lot of these tunes they hear in the background of commercials, a lot of them are current, but most of them go way, way back. You know what I mean? To the 50s right. and 60s. And I love the term mixtapes kids came up with. But one of my, one of my uh, tapes and CDs, I put it on CD finally, is a, a bunch of classic instrumentals. You'd probably fall for it because it, it's just... You name it. Uh, you could probably name three tunes and it's on it. Uh, uh, just, just let's play a game. You meant Sleepwalk, but what, name three others. See if I, they're on my tape. How about Canadian Sunset? 
by yeah. Hugo Winterhalter with Eddie Haywood on yep. piano. Yep, yep. That's on there. Yeah. And we played that last week. How about Bert Camper, Wonderland by Night? One of my all time favorites. And 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 I, I wonder if you'll hit my favorite. The Lonely Bull. I love that tune. That's on there too. Stranger on the Shore by Acker Bill. When when that came out in 1960, I want to say 63, two or three. Two, was it 62? Yeah. I remember we were traveling to Ohio to visit my grandparents, and that was my job being the, the uh, co-pilot in the car to make sure we had a radio station that was coming in. And those days you didn't have FM, you had just AM. So most of them did right. boom in. But we turned the dial from time to time, and WBZ was the one we'd lead off with here in, in this area. And then as we went further west, we fiddled with the dial. But it seemed like that song, Stranger on the Shore, was everywhere that year, and, and I never forgot that. We have a select group of artists that I try to play every week because I just think they're iconic. Mm. Now, uh, we try to play an Elvis song every week. Right. We try to play, again, does it fit with the theme? If you request it, we will play it. But I also will prepare a list of 30 songs that we try to squeeze in during the show that go along with the theme. Right. So I try to always get an Elvis song on, a Roy Orbison song on, because I think his voice was unique. I just think he was one of the great great singers of all time. And Elvis, of course, was the king. This week, we're going to play Surrender by Elvis. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And uh, we'll play Leah by Roy Orbison. The Rolling Stones will play uh, Carol by uh, off their live album, Get Your Yaya's Out, which is might be one of the best live albums around. The Beatles, we're going to play Help. The Beach Boys, we're going to play a song from the mid-60s called Darling. Chuck Berry, we're going to play Maybelline. Why can't you be true? Those are the artists we try to play every week. You use what you have as a roadmap in case you need it, but you let the, the audience tell you where to go, so to speak. <laughs> Correct. You know, and you, I just put the sets together and I try to make sure we have, you know, we have some listeners that will request multiple songs and some listeners just request one. Well, my feeling is everybody should get to hear at least one of their songs. Right. So I try to space it out uh, and uh, go from there. You know, I mean, and I try to make sure there are different tempo songs in each set because some people like the slower music, some people like upbeat. And that's where it is important to keep the, the, the beats together or the, the, the flow of the music together because it right. uh, you don't want to play four ballads in a row. That, was, that goes back to Radio 101. One thing you don't want people doing is hitting the button on the radio and changing the dial. <laughs> Well, you know what? That's why we stand by our slogan. You never know what you're going to hear. I mean, we do that. We will play TV themes. Uh, we oh. will even play occasionally old commercials. Yeah. 
one of my favorite shows that I did with you was the the show we did uh, three hours and we did nothing but TV show themes and we let people call in. We had certain ones we wanted to play, obviously. And, and that was probably one of the most fun shows ever. But the only thing was TV themes are usually a minute, a couple of minutes, maybe at, at most. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got that right. You know, my favorite. So we do that. And, you know, so we're very unpredictable. And that's how I want to be. Oh. And that's what makes my show unique. Now, I sit in front of a bank of computers. There are no records anymore. There's no record players anymore. No vinyl. Or all that stuff. Even though I'm a big vinyl guy, for that time frame, we are, I'm operating a computer. And I have a guy who was with me, who is my right-hand man. He's, is, is, he's low tide Louie. He will look up. We pay extra to YouTube to be able to use the that as a source because you can't have every song that's ever been recorded right. stored in your computer. Right. So we have that as a source, and we have another guy, the Greginator, who answers the phones. You need we've help. We've been doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, we I do. Because, let me tell you, it's a lot of concentration. It helps that you know the songs. I can't tell you how many times people have called and say, gee, you know, I don't remember the artist, and I don't remember the title, but the song has tiny purple fishes. <laughs> And you know what? I had to, I go, okay, I know that song, and I had to sing it to myself in my head off the air. It was by Cream, and it's the tales of Brave Ulysses. And we played the song for the person. So I, I do know my music. I do know my artists. And, and the one thing people don't realize, even sometimes the announcers now are computerized. They do those shows so far in advance yeah. that, you know, it's, it's, I, that's the one thing about radio. I really, I felt bad that it, we lost the connectivity, the immediacy uh, of, of being on the radio. I, I would be, you know, put in a booth and say, okay, record the show for Saturday or whatever. And I just, I, I never got into it. I really couldn't because I want to have that, what's going on right this second feel. And, and, and sure, you can sit there and rehearse things over and over and over again until you get it right. And it just didn't have that same feel. So I was kind of glad I got out of the business when I did, because it kind of took that, that immediacy, the, the personality out of it. Uh, people have personalities. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of great guys that can do that type of radio, but I wasn't one of them. I wanted to be there and doing it live and, and right at the moment. So we left the interactions we have with the listeners and sometimes it's they send in an email and maybe I'll without mentioning their name will mention parts of the email or it's a phone call where they call in a request like the gentleman from Rhode Island where I told you you know how he missed not with hearing the show because there's nothing like it in California and you know you mentioned my my collection of vinyl 
is alphabetized. So I can find, I know where things are. Yeah, there you go. And very, the, the albums where some songs are only available, uh, you know, one, uh, they probably have 12 different artists on a record, the various artists LPs. And, uh, then I, I alphabetized by title. You're organized, man. You're organized. It's about a doubt. Well, <laughs> right. You yeah, have to be because yeah. if I want to find something, I'm not going to spend hours going through thousands of records trying to find it. I know where it is and I can find it. Building a collection. You've done it over the years, your own personal collection. Um, if somebody, is, and I know we, that's one thing with the internet, it goes to all different age groups. Um, and, and this particular program, I'm hoping that we can be educational as well as informative. If somebody is starting a collection, uh, first off, what, what's some dream equipment that you tell them to get to play the vinyl? And then what would be, say, maybe your top uh, choices for, for you got to have it in your collection right off? Well, I'll tell you why I wouldn't give top choices what you got to have first, because okay. everyone's taste in music is different. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean what I like is good and what you like is bad. Music is music. There are people that appreciate everything. I have types of music that I wouldn't collect and I don't appreciate you know for me uh so i try to approach everything i'll give you a perfect example i just picked up a collection of country records and my deal is if i want it i'll listen to everything if I don't have it already in my collection and I will listen. And I just discovered an artist that I hadn't included in my collection because I'll take the time to listen to everything. I try to devote might only be an hour every day to try and listen to new to music. And I like to listen to it through my headphones. So I'm not disturbed. So that's what I would say first. The, the next thing is you want records to be in good condition. Now, condition can be subjective. They grade records. Mint, mint is usually an unplayed record. Mint minus is usually a record that has been played. It's used, but it doesn't have anything that disturbs the playing. There are no ticks. There's no background hiss or background noise from it being played on a, with a poor needle. Which brings me to the next thing. If you're going to start collecting, you need a record player, obviously. It doesn't have to be the most expensive. It, what, it's what sounds good to you. And if you're going to go somewhere, you might Listen to the to the turntable music off that turntable and decide if you like it. 
if it sounds good to you, sometimes some sound better than others. But the biggest thing is getting a good needle and cartridge. So unfortunately, those can be a little bit more expensive. You might end up paying uh, a couple of hundred bucks for a good needle. And then you keep track of how many hours you use it. Because after about uh, five to anywhere between 500 hours to 800 hours, you need a new needle. So when I buy new needles, I buy two at a time. So I always have a backup. And I keep track. I, I know that one side of a record is approximately 20 minutes. And so I know when I listen to an album, that's 40 minutes worth of music. And I just keep track on a calendar. You know, if you're going to spend 30 bucks a pop on a record, you want to take care of it and you want to listen to it. You want it to sound good. The other thing you do is check to make sure I haven't accumulated any dust or dirt on the record, on the needle. And if I, if I have, I might use compressed air to get it off. You never use your hand. Right. Because that will put oils on the needle. So you don't do that. Yeah. You want a pair of decent speakers. And then you're off. You know, you you probably would want a subwoofer to help on your bass. Uh, so that's what you need. What you need to start collecting. Now you can you can start small, and over time, as you invest, if you invest money in your collection or you enjoy doing it then you've got to add things to it. It doesn't have to be super expensive. Right. Uh, to be honest, when my turntable broke, I went to a hawk shop and I found a great turntable in there for about 50 bucks. And I invested money in getting a good needle and a good cartridge. Yeah, you hit it on the head. That's the most important part of a solid cartridge and diamond combination or needle combination you, you want to make sure you get a good good balanced tone arm and and a good good cartridge and a good needle and you're off and and your collection should as long as you maintain it like you just said uh try to keep food and and hand oils off of the uh the playing surface and and they should last forever people don't realize that every time they're, they're played too some of that some of that vinyl basically will collect in the grooves not a lot but there again it depends upon the quality right. of the equipment you're playing it on your setup should be able to play lps and 45s 78s are a different animal and they have to be played with a special needle yeah so you have to be really into collecting that type of format uh and the sound quality is uh, you you have to accept it 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 was it was what it was when they were right producing those right. records they were basically going right. from direct from whatever the source was directly onto the master disc and they didn't have the mixing nowadays everything is mixed down and they've got all the 
different uh, you know ways of making it sound better and uh, editing it and whatever so it's uh, we'll talk about that in the next show but some of the some of the the good and the bad there now when we and this we just scratched the surface today this coach bill taylor the gentleman that's with us he's he's a, an aficionado uh and an audiophile i'm gonna call this on the spot so i'm just gonna come up okay. with, with three three things that I, I just want to get your impression uh, off the top of your head. First one I have is a must-have Beatle album. A must-have Beatle album, it, for me, personally, is Revolver. I think it is the ultimate Beatle record. With me, it was Rubber Soul. I, I and that's, that, what, that's that was what, the album before Revolver. Yeah, and the only reason <laughs> I say that is that uh, that was when Capitol Records was experimenting with a new form. It was called dimensional stereo, if you remember. Right. And it did have, and I like the term spatial uh, <laughs> effect. It, it, if you had even a cheap stereo, you could actually you could feel the stereo, so to speak. They, they had like the vocals coming out of the left channel of your speaker, and then the right channel had some of the uh, the musical instruments, and then they'd go back and forth. And they did a nice job mixing that one. I, so I'll, I'll go with Rubber Soul and because of the technology there. A must-have Stones album. A must-have Stones album. Well, to me, I mentioned it earlier, probably I think one of the best live albums uh, out there is an album called Get Your Yaya's Out, which came in, out, and uh, the Stones go back to their roots, play a lot of uh, Chuck Berry and things like that. I was not a Stones fan growing up. I, I, I liked a few of their songs, Satisfaction, obviously, Painted Black, right. 19 Nervous Breakdown, let's see what else. But when they got into the more advanced stuff, I kind of fell off with them. But now I'll 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 be honest. When I got their greatest hits album, the the double album that they put out, I guess in the eighties, um, and I got that on a CD. Uh, boy, I tell you, I said I've been missing a lot of stuff here, and and I and, yeah. I, and I really do enjoy the Rolling Stones, and 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 I I realize now, gee, I should have been buying some of their albums over the years. Uh, the last question I'm going to ask you for today is Elvis's album or Elvis's record, the one that you got to have. I would say any collection of his greatest hits. I like his, I personally, I really like his early stuff, but I also like, I have, I like his later stuff. I mean, Kentucky Rain is just a great, great song. Yeah, that is. And that was from later on in his uh, career, you know? So I would say any album that would have, his greatest hits on it. Jailhouse Rock, you want to hear One Night, you want to hear Marie's the name of his of, her, of his latest flame. I mean, just Return to Sender. I mean, just song. I can go on forever about Elvis. Those songs are just iconic. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, I know he put out a lot of soundtrack albums for his movies, and a lot of them were poor, very poor stuff. Uh, the one though that I, I have in my collection and, and, and far as I'm concerned, it's one of the top 10 of all time for me is the blue Hawaii soundtrack. I don't think there's a dud on that soundtrack. And, uh, then I, I just saw it on TV. They replayed it on public broadcasting recently, the 68 comeback special, that album. Yes. Wow. 
wow. I mean, he thought he was washed up at that point. They were trying to talk him into going to Vegas and, and going back on tour again. And that 68 special is what gave him the incentive to do just that. So yeah, I'll, I'll put those two in my Elvis collection for sure. Well, sir, Bill Taylor, my first guest on the debut premiere episode of the Seacoast Forum. This was fun talking about something we both love, uh, well, commonality of broadcasting and vinyl and 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 records and, and music, classic movies. That's another topic for another time. This is going to be an ongoing thing for you and me and the listeners out there. One more time before we leave, I want to let people know where they can hear Tales and Company, and it's every Saturday, and you let them know where. Every Saturday, starting at 8 a.m. and going till 2.30, the Tales and Company show live on Cool 94.1 FM WXBJ in Salisbury, Mass. And on the internet everywhere, worldwide, worldwide. It, yes, we are worldwide. And, and people can participate. They can either call you it is, or text you and let you it know. It is. Exactly. And you know what? I'll never forget. Jeez, there's nobody else in the studio. The other guys haven't come in. And the phone rings. And usually I don't answer, but it, this was a weird number, so I picked it up. It was a guy calling from Romania. <laughs> and I, I thought it was a joke. I was going to ask if it was Dracula. And he said, you, you know, no, my name is Gabriel, and I'm calling from Romania, and I've been listening to your show, and I absolutely love it. Well, that's that's and that's. we still hear from him to this day, not on the phone anymore. He now he emails, but uh, that's yeah. that says it all, my friend. You know, you've made it, and that's the best thing about the internet <laughs> and these podcasts. We have folks from all over the world listening to us. Please reach out to us, spread the word. If you're enjoying the show, we're on all the big podcast platforms, both the Seacoast Sports Forum, which is the sports version, and then this is the Seacoast Forum. We have only just scratched the surface of this topic. So on behalf of Bill Taylor, I'm Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seacoast Forum.